the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. C2CP, Bayonet Point, WTBN, Pinellas Park. Portions of this hour have been pre recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Hey, we're all going through different things. And that's why you must, one reason why you fellowship with God's people, to know that you're not alone. You isolate yourself and you'll feel alone. You feel like the loneliest person in the world. The only one is going through uh, this kind of time of despair. So the first thing you do is you gather with God's people. Hebrews chapter 10 says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You're a prime target for Satan. You, uh, if you do that, you gather with God's people. Don't be isolated because if you're isolated, you're very vulnerable to attack. If you're with God's people who can encourage you, you can say, I've gone through the same thing and, and I'm still going through it. I'm going to pray for you and I've come through this and uh, I've got a positive attitude. It's just, it's just one of the ways that we deal with it. Nothing spoils a pity party like being around a bunch of people who have themselves gone through what we are experiencing. Maybe it's not exactly the same thing, but just as difficult and maybe even worse. Our Christian friends can be a great encouragement, not because they can fix things for us, but because they show us that God will get us through our trials, just as he helped our friends with theirs. Hi, welcome to Verse by Verse. Pastor Steve Kreloff, pastor of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, is leading us in a study from the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was leading his people through a fearful time. Here they were trying to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, and their neighbors were threatening to attack them. As the old saying goes, it's hard to drain the swamp when you're up to your armpits in alligators. How did Nehemiah deal with their fear and fatigue? What did he do to keep the work on the wall progressing while also preparing for battle? Let's turn to Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 11, and listen as Pastor Steve concludes this three-part message. But there's a second source of their discouragement. Notice verse 11. And our enemies said, they will not know or see until we come upon them and kill them and put a stop to their work. Now, the enemy made it very clear that their intention was a surprise attack on Jerusalem. But I want you to look closely at verse 12. This is what the enemy was saying. Verse 12 says, and it came about when the Jews who lived near them came and told us 10 times, they will come up against us from every place where you may turn. There were Jewish settlers who lived out in the the outskirts of Jerusalem. So they would come into work each day, but then they would go in the outskirts. We'd we'd say like the suburbs today. And they would be near their enemies and they would hear their enemies talking. We're going to surprise surprise them. And the enemies probably wanted them to hear this. We're planning a surprise attack. They won't know what to do. We're going to come upon them and, and so forth. And then it says in verse 12 that they came back to the city and they told us 10 times, which I think is probably an idiomatic expression, which means many times they kept telling us they're going to surprise us. They're going to come upon us when we, when we don't realize it. And uh, they, they were really what we would call prophets of doom and gloom. 
spreading alarm, demoralizing the people. Instead of faith saying, you know, but we're going to trust in our God. Instead of faith and having a positive attitude, they're just negative. Negative, defeated people, defeated already because they were so negative. Some of us are really discouraged because we hang around with people who feed us thoughts of hopelessness and despair. And if you hear that enough, you're going to start believing all that stuff. Oh, there, there's not much you can do. Oh, you got problems in your marriage? Well, I had problems and I got rid of the guy. You know, what are you going to do? Or uh, you got a problem uh, at, at your job? Yeah, well, I quit. I just quit. I, I mean, you just you feed on those negative thoughts. You become like that. You become demoralized. There's a doubt and doubts in your mind. You feel hopeless. And after you just hear the gloom enough, you, you just incorporate it into your life. That, that's a real problem. That's a source of discouragement. So be careful that you don't buy into the, the, the doomsday words. Be careful that you don't, you don't put God away and say, you know, God is for church and God is when we have a Bible study, but he's not relevant in real life. I mean, he can't, he can't work in my boss's life, can he? He can't work this marriage out, can he? He can't work out this relationship. I mean, it, you can you can say you believe in God and yet live like a practical atheist. And that's what they were that's what they were doing. So be careful about the thoughts that you have. Paul in Philippians chapter four, verse eight says one of the key verses for every uh, problem that we have. And that is whatever things are true and good and uh, honest and words like that, he says, think on these things. The word think means dwell on it, meditate on it. In other words, be careful that you don't dwell on the wrong things, negative thoughts. He's talking in the context there about worry, and worry and discouragement are sisters. You know that. They're very close sisters. They love each other, and they want their way. They want to worm their way into your life. So the source of discouragement, number one, is exhaustion and listening to negative, defeated kind of talk. Because when you're tired, it's a lot easier to buy that kind of talk. Buy into that talk. And Satan will send people your way who will just bring you down. So you get in the word and you see that God is not dead. God is on the throne and uh, and you'll deal with that. So what did Nehemiah do? Well, there's a solution to discouragement. And this is the, these are the key things. Verse 13. Then I stationed men in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall, the exposed uh, places and I stationed the people in families with their swords, spears, and bows. The first thing that Nehemiah did was bring families together. That's a great thing. Brought them together. He posted guards at the most vulnerable places, the the low part of the wall where people could climb over easily. Then he armed each family with weapons, stationed them together, fathers, mothers, children. Now, why was this so helpful? Because it turned their attention away from themselves and and uh, to their common enemy. From negative, defeated thoughts to preservation. He, in other words, he rallied the people together around a common enemy. That's very important. That's a great principle. Mark this well. When you are discouraged, the best place for you is to be with God's people in the house of God or in a home Bible study. It's the best place for you to be. You want to be with your spiritual family because you want to say, you want to be able to share freely and say, we have an enemy. I'm scared. I'm going through this struggle. And you want people to be transparent and share that with you. A home Bible study is ideal for that. That's why we need to have some home, more home Bible studies at Lakeside. So we can talk and, and be honest, transparent, share our battles. You need to be united with fellow believers. But what often happens when we're discouraged, we, we leave the church. We abandon the church. We wallow 
in our own self-pity and our own our own problems. And you need other believers more than ever, but you don't often take it. You don't often take it. I'm always amazed when people um, leave the church or they don't come, they're going through a problem. And uh, I think there's a message that that I have that would have just met their needs so so greatly. Well, where are they? Not here. You know, there's human responsibility. So we need to be with God's people. First Peter five nine speaks um, about. Well, let me turn there. It's right after where Peter says that your devil walks about seeking whom he might devour. But but notice this. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. And we're all going through different things. And that's why you must, one reason why you fellowship with God's people, to know that you're not alone. You isolate yourself and you'll feel alone. You feel like the loneliest person in the world. The only one is going through uh, this kind of time of despair. So the first thing you do is you gather with God's people. Hebrews chapter 10 says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You're a prime target for Satan. You, uh, if you do that, you gather with God's people. Don't be isolated because if you're isolated, you're very vulnerable to attack. If you're with God's people who can encourage you, who can say, I've gone through the same thing and, and I'm still going through it. I'm going to pray for you and I've come through this and uh, I've got a positive attitude. And it's just, it's just one of the ways that we deal with it. So, uh, the first thing you want to do is don't isolate yourself. Be in church, be in a Bible study, be with other believers who are honest, by the way, not people who tell you everything's just wonderful. You know what? Everything is not wonderful, but God is wonderful and he gives you grace for all the rotten things in life. The next thing that Nehemiah did was to deal with their fear by directing their attention to the Lord himself. Notice verse 14. When I saw their fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your houses. Nehemiah could see that fear was just, like I said before, written all over their faces. So he dealt with the issue of fear by calling them to remember the Lord. You know, how simple yet how profound Remember the Lord. When somebody uh, opposes us, especially in the work of the Lord, we need to stop thinking about the problem and think about the Lord. What common sense? Stop thinking about your problem. Think about the Lord. But what are we supposed to think about the Lord? I mean, what, what does that mean, think about the Lord? Well, let me give you some uh, suggestions. Notice in verse 14, he gives us some insight. Remember the Lord who's great and awesome. You got to think about God's great and and awesome, uh, the great and awesome person that he is. You've got to remember who God is, how great he is. For example, think uh, about uh, his greatness as revealed in Scripture. Think about Scripture, how great God is. Uh, Just a few weeks ago, I started reading through the Bible with some friends who were holding each other accountable. And I was reading in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then uh, actually the day before that, it it had John chapter 1, which tells us that Jesus Christ is the creator. Jesus is the creator. I meditated on that. The same Jesus that I love and talk to every day and, and worship, this is the creator. You know what? When you see that he's the creator... Big deal about your problems. He's the creator. He put it all together out of nothing. So big deal, whatever problem I have. If God created all things, he can certainly take care of little old me. And my rubbish. 
And then I remembered from Hebrews chapter uh, one that Jesus Christ is the sustainer of the universe. And so, you know what? I just meditated on that. Jesus Christ is creator and sustainer. I remember the Lord. I mean, I'm just giving you that as an illustration of, of what it means to remember how great and awesome God is. See, if you remember him as creator and sustainer, nothing is impossible for him. So think about God's greatness as revealed in Scripture. Also, I would suggest, think about God's greatness as revealed in your past experience. How has God brought you through uh, other crises in life? And he has. Things that you looked at and you said, it's impossible. Impossible for this to work out well. And you know what? It did. God can do it again. Because he is great and awesome. The Jewish people of Nehemiah's day needed to, to think about how God had brought the circumstances about where Nehemiah was even in Jerusalem. A king Artaxerxes said okay, and he gave him uh, all the things he needed. and, and all. They needed to think about that, but they didn't. They thought about their problems. So Nehemiah said, think about God. God has helped you before. Maybe it was a financial crisis. Maybe it was a family crisis. Maybe it was a medical crisis. And you thought, I can't get through this. And you know what? You did get through it because God brought you through. And so no matter what you're facing now, uh, he'll do it again. I don't know how, but he'll do it again. And he's proved that he's great and awesome from your experience, which is built on Scripture. So listen, if you're discouraged this morning, then your thoughts and problems uh, about... Uh, uh, about these things you need to get a handle on because when we are discouraged, we usually think about one thing ourselves. Ourselves. We become self-centered. And the Bible tells us, get your thoughts away from yourself. Think about the Lord. You know, I'd recommend meditate based on a scripture that you're memorizing. Memorize a scripture. And think about that. Think about... Uh, how great God is. Otherwise, you're going to think about the rubbish in your life and all of that and uh, instead of how great Jesus is. So someone said this, when your God is big, your problems are small. But when your God is small, meaning in your mind, your problems are huge. God is big. God is great. God is awesome. Think about the truth of that. But that wasn't all that Nehemiah wanted them to remember. He also wanted them to remember what was at stake. So at the end of verse 14, it says, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. In other words, he appealed to their inner, motiv inner motivations. Remember what this battle is about. It's the survival of your family, so fight. You know, a third aspect of dealing with uh, discouragement is fight. Don't give up. Fight. Remember what the battle is about. Remember that it's, it's not something that just happened. It is a satanic oppression. So fight. Fight. And remember why you're in this fight. They needed to remember, why are we building this in the first place? Oh, yeah, yeah. To protect our families and for the glory of God so he's not ridiculed as one who can't protect us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember why you even started this project. It was for your families. So fight for them. Also, I see another another truth here. When you are discouraged over what you are involved doing, you've got to remember not only why you were involved in the in the first place, but also understand that if you quit, you affect others. Nehemiah said, remember why you're building this. You're building it not only for God's glory, you're building it to protect your families. If you quit, your families are affected by it. 
And I want to say to you that never think that if because of discouragement, if you throw in the towel, that it's just you. It only affects you. No, it never does. It never does. It never just affects you. It affects other people as well. If you throw in the towel in your marriage, it will, it will affect you. You will be a different person. It will obviously affect your spouse. It will affect your children. It will affect your parents. It will affect your in-laws. It'll affect, it just, you can't isolate it. If you quit a ministry, you affect a whole church. Others have to, uh, who are usually overworked have to take your place. Or people who aren't equipped to do what you should be doing have to step in. It affects everybody. If you're discouraged, remember what Nehemiah said. He said, fight. It is a battle. Discouragement is a battle, and you can win that battle. Do not be a spiritual wimp. Fight for what is right, because with us, we are not in a physical battle. We are in a spiritual battle. And Lord willing, next week, we'll combine Nehemiah chapter 4 with Ephesians chapter 6. What, what do we fight with? Don't close your Bibles yet. I know you're thinking. He's wrapping it up. Don't close yet. We're, we're in a spiritual battle, and in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul tells us the armor that we ought to, uh, we ought to take, because you will be attacked. And I don't mean to apply that everything in life is about Satan. I think we, you know, we obviously struggle with the flesh, we struggle with the world. I'm not one who sees Satan behind every little bush and things like that. But I think it's wrong to deny what the Bible says about Satan in opposition. So we want to, we want to balance. And next week we'll, we'll try to balance that out. Here are some, some of the principles, some of the things that we've learned today, and then you can close your Bibles. First of all, when we're tired, we're prone to discouragement, especially when you're halfway through a project. So get some sleep and be aware of this tendency. You can't sleep at night and you have a little time during the day. Take what, what many call a power nap, 10, 20 minutes. It, it'll refresh you. And maybe you don't have a job you can do that, so just ask the Lord to help you to sleep better. Number two, when we feed our mind, what we feed our mind on determines whether we're going to be discouraged or encouraged. Beware of negative people who stress how great the problems are. You can't escape them totally, but don't make them your best friends. And it's just simple. Don't, don't make them your best friends. Or if they start giving you negative things, there's a great thing you do. You just put your, your hand to your lips and go, shh. I don't want to hear it anymore. Just tell them that. Number three, don't isolate yourself from getting others, uh, from getting together with others in God's family. People who are going to be transparent, people who are, who are going to say, life is tough. Here's some biblical answers. I've been through that. I'm going through that. Let me share. That's called what the Bible calls fellowship. All the one another passages in scripture are designed to help us minister to one another. And then also, number four, remember the Lord is great. I mean, God is bigger than your problems. And uh, he has taken care of your problems in the past. He'll do it again in the present. Remember him. Think about it. It's good to journal certain things. Michelle and I have done some things in journaling. She more than, than me. We bought a book and we wrote down things that, and these are our, kind of our prayers to the Lord. You know what? It's great to look back and say, oh, I went through that and this is what God did. Because you know what? I forget. We tend to forget. Maybe it's good you ought to get a book and journal some things down. Write some things down. And you'd be amazed to see how God has brought you through. Things that we just kind of move on in our minds and forget. And then, number five, remember to fight. Fight for God's glory and for the sake of others. Do not be a wimp and just give up. God doesn't want you to quit. I hate quitting in my own life. 
I hate athletes who quit. Or I hate what they do. I hate, I hate people uh, when they quit. Because there are so, and there are so many Christians who just quit on things. God will give you the grace. Persevere. And finally, you don't have to give up. You don't have to give in to discouragement. It is a tool of Satan that he uses often, but you do not have to be defeated by it. And you know what? You may not feel good about circumstances, but you don't have to be in despair over them. You don't have to be in be discouraged. You cannot change the external circumstances, but you can change how you respond to those circumstances. So I, I, I hope that you will take all these things to heart, apply them to your life, and uh, next week you're going to be different people when you come back because you've interacted with the Word of God. Now, for those of you who don't know Jesus Christ, you may think, what did he just say? I don't have a clue what he just said. Well, you, you at this point need to know that there is a, a real Satan who would love nothing more than to have you die without Jesus Christ and, and go to hell. Because then there's no, no possibility of ever coming back. There is a real Satan who, uh, who opposes what God would want to do in your life. And what God wants to do in your life is to bring you to faith in Jesus Christ. Faith alone in Christ, not, not believing that baptism saves you or church attendance saves you or um, benevolent kind deeds save you, but Jesus Christ and him alone. There is a difference between religion and between Jesus Christ. Religion says, I can do this to gain your favor. The Bible says that's not true. Jesus said, you can't do anything, so I came and I died for your sins, and I did it all. What you need to do is turn from your sin and trust me as the, as the only way to, to heaven. When you trust in Christ, it only makes sense to trust him for everything. Still, though, when we get tired, it's easy to give up. But Nehemiah gave us some great tools to help us persevere in the face of adversity. I love that old never-give-up cartoon. The one where the heron is trying to swallow a frog, but the frog has a tight grip on the bird's throat. Even though that frog is almost halfway down the hatch, he still isn't giving up. Just before the Battle of Britain, Sir Winston Churchill said, We shall fight in France, we shall fight on the seas and oceans, we shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air, we shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches, we shall fight on the landing grounds, we shall fight in the fields and in the streets, we shall fight in the hills, we shall never surrender. We'll learn more about how Nehemiah dealt with his fearful situation on the next Verse by Verse. We're glad you joined us for another of Pastor Steve Kreloff's daily radio Bible classes. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We are in the midst of studying an often overlooked but always helpful Old Testament book, Nehemiah. These broadcasts are produced by Verse by Verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry, and we're thankful for our listeners who, through their gifts and prayers, keep these programs on the air. Pastor Steve would like to share some more thoughts along that line. Here he is now. I'm Pastor Steve Kreloff, and it's my hope that you're encouraged in your faith and strengthened spiritually through the teaching you receive on Verse by Verse. We believe that the Word of God has answers for problems. We know that life has stresses, life has pressures. We're looking for answers. We believe that the place to look is the Word of God, and we are uh, grateful every time we hear that someone is listening to the radio and uh, our program has been transformed by 
by Scripture because uh, the Word of God is not only inspired, but Paul said it is profitable and it will transform lives. So we're grateful that uh, we could come into your home, into your car, and, and help you deal with life's pressures. If you've been blessed through verse by verse, please consider supporting this ministry with prayer and your financial gifts. You can call 727-441-1714. That's 727-441-1714. Or drop us a line at P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. That's P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. To find out more about Verse by Verse, visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. While you're there, take advantage of the opportunity to sign up for a great resource, our free podcasting service. That's versebyverseradio.org. If you would like to hear this message at once without announcements, give us a call at 727-239-0306. You can order either an audio CD or a cassette tape. You might be wondering what Nehemiah's physical situation has to do with the spiritual battle you are fighting. How does carrying a spear in one hand and a brick in the other relate to my struggle to begin a Sunday school class, deal with the loss of my job, or salvage my marriage? As we will see on the next verse by verse, in all our modern struggles, we are fighting against the exact same enemy Nehemiah faced. Our enemy can be found at our workplace, in our home, and even in our church. On the next verse by Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.